hello guys. <laughs> Welcome back to Unqualified, the podcast. And today we've got a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, my name's Isaiah. I'm a game writer. This is my first podcast. So yes. Yes. We're so happy to have Isaiah yeah. here. Yes. Um, so like Isaiah said, he's a game writer. So yeah. we're going to be talking about writing today in all forms. Um, Shia, our other co-host, yeah. um, is a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And then I've done some screenwriting. I've also done some like writing fiction and poetry. And then Day has done some... Day's going to... Day, do you know how to we read? We all write. Day <laughs> <laughs> is going to be talking about no. writing as well. Oh. And then we're also all going to be talking about some writing we did not like in movies and games and books and then writing we loved. Yeah. So? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day has the exterior perspective. She can, as a non-writer, she can give yeah. her two cents about mm-hmm. how she's consumed that. So why don't we go ahead and start with some things we love in writing? That way we can kind of, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's think about that. Let's think about. Yeah, I think. I mean, as far as game writing, um, you said some of our favorite pieces. I think we talked about this. Japanese people, they know how to write a game. They really you know? do. I think they some really of the do. best narratives have been from like Japanese RPGs or JRPGs, which is a genre. Um, and so that. Um, if you're familiar with like Final Fantasy, um, Tales franchise, Dragon Quest, those mm. narratives I think do a great job of weaving gameplay into storytelling. Mm. Um, so I think it's Japanese storytelling is one of my favorite things to glean. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very interesting, like game writing specifically, because you're having to like balance these things of like, okay, what's the gameplay and how does that intertwine with the actual narrative that you're trying to like mm-hmm. tell um if you could talk about like how you balance that at all because like i'm that's th- i've never done game writing yeah, yeah. Same, same. no i think i mean i talked a little bit with uh, day's class um but i do think you know telling a story through video games is like the epitome of creative storytelling because you have so many modes in action mm-hmm. and you are telling a story visually and through gameplay and how you weave those together it, i think it takes a really um, skilled individual to visually picture how those aspects of storytelling like connect a little bit because you can of course still tell through um, I think screenwriting comes into play a little bit as well because you have cutscenes and you have those things and it's so many different it's like taking all of the best of all worlds right yeah. um, and you can have like databases in the game where you just like these are just facts about the world exposition exactly. and it's just like yeah. it is world building that's mm-hmm. what I think the biggest thing to remember is. It's just like it's you're building a whole world, right? And that's kind of like okay, that's different from a book where it takes place on like a timeline, and you're choosing the best point on that timeline to tell the story. Um, oftentimes, video games are just like worlds, the and it's the whole. Yeah. It's a whole art. Yes, yeah. it's a larger narrative with um, a more concise beginning, middle, and end, and typically. Know some of the not cliche and like hackneyed things, <laughs> but like you know the villain and you know, the villain's demise and so it change is a big thing in mm-hmm. video game storytelling. Something has to change. Um, so I think there are a lot of things we take from um, literature and even 
just like writing short fiction that are applicable to these skills. So it's not like super different. Like I feel like as a screenwriter or a poetry writer, you can try. That's true. Bring your mic up. Yeah, I was oh. just about to say that. It keeps going in and out. Could y'all not hear me the whole time? No, no we could, but it was going in and out. And Sorry. I think, Shia, also yours did that a little bit when you were talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's really interesting because. Okay. That's, uh, that is really interesting because, like you, s- like I've never, I guess I haven't really thought about game writing as much mm-hmm. um, until honestly, like talking to you and like coming to see my eye, yeah. because it takes so much. Like, at least with oh, it got ah, really loud. Yeah, turn it down a little bit. <laughs> You can t- okay. Uh, all right, that's um, good. Okay, so at least with like like a novel, like you said, or fix like a, just a book you're reading, like you can kind of develop the the story and the arc a little bit. I don't know, like it's it's just different because mm-hmm. as a reader, like you're experiencing it, like you can. I don't know, like I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. in the game, the when you're like yeah. playing the game, like you really, really have to captivate whoever's playing it to be mm-hmm. able to be brought into the story. Yes. And, like, although, of course, that's the same with any, like, form of writing, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's even more so with games. Yeah. Because oh, for sure. You have to keep get them to, like, keep playing mm-hmm. and, like, continue it. Right. And, like, reading, like, usually, I don't know. No, no that was... Yeah. I get what you're saying, though, because, like, I think in games, the writing has to be, like, the least obvious. Like, you really have to, like, uh, when you're playing a game, you're not thinking, oh my god, I wonder how the script of this was developed. Mm. Like, you're, you need to be engrossed in the world and feel like like you're you're going through the actions of that character. So the writing has to be so like seamless with the, the plot of the mm-hmm. game that it's like almost invisible. Like there's yeah. like right. you feel like, oh, I'm writing the story as you're playing it. Like yeah. right. you see. And mm-hmm. it almost like it takes more to be that simple, you know, mm-hmm. for you to like like it's harder for it to be as less noticeable. Yeah. Right. Like it takes more. I that translation. In the writing. Yeah, I think because as a writer, you're also like the backbone of a team, and you're delivering like these uh, libraries of exposition to another, like to members of that team. So you know your programs, your animators, like they need to have concise information that allows them to tell the story you're trying to deliver, so it's all cohesive, and that's another challenge. Um, but I agree. I think. Because I supplement my degree with English, and what I struggled with in my English cap classes was, like, all those details, all of those things that you have in books, you know, thought mm-hmm. and tone, and those things don't really, aren't really relayed in writing in video games. They're yeah. not. Because in video games, you know, we're taught, you know, gamers don't want to read long things yeah. of text, so, like, you're True. taught gamers to do... Gamers don't like to read, you heard it here first. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know long paragraphs or exposition that has to be short and concise to gamers yeah. to, like, yeah. you know, not feel... Which I think that also kind of translates to film a little bit because you don't want to be too on the nose and you don't want to, like, feed your audience, like, spoon, mm-hmm. spoon to mouth, you know? Absolutely. Like, you want as much as possible. I think that that's kind of a correlation between game writing and film is that you want to rely on the visuals mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. it's, it's a visual form of art. And so you want to have... You know, to be able to tell the story in a way that, you know, uses visuals, but also, like, of course, adding the story. But, like, Mm -hmm. I know for at least film, like, when it comes to dialogue and stuff, like, you'd rather show 
um, that this person has this characteristic rather than saying, like, oh, I'm right. like this, you I mean, know? That's mm-hmm. the biggest rule in any form of writing that you ever do is show, don't tell. Yeah. Yes, like showing that's the telling number yeah. one rule. But I, th- I think even more so for, like, film and game because yeah. in a book you almost have to because there that's are no true, visuals, yeah. that's you know? True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to add yeah. the, ex- the extra detail exactly, and the extra yeah. fluff <laughs> because mm-hmm. or else you won't really know. You get lost. But, yeah. Uh, but talking about, like, our favorite writing in video games, um, I don't know if any of y'all played The Stray that came out this yeah, year. Yeah, Stray. Um, yeah. It's about, like, a cat in this, like, post-apocalyptic world. Wait, I heard about world. that. I didn't play yeah. it. And it, it was so good. Like, the ending broke my heart. I was straight up, like, boo-hoo crying over mm-hmm. this cat. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And it did such a good job of, like, building out that world because it is, like, this post-apocalyptic, like, broken down, overrun by robots world, mm-hmm. but you also have to, the main character is a cat. So, you, like, you have to get emotionally tied to this character who can't talk. Like, right. they have no dialogue, but you, like, through the storytelling become emotionally connected to mm-hmm. this cat and these characters, and it was so good. Love that game. Highly yeah. recommend it. I want to play it. I heard the ending. I mean, I spoiled it for myself, but uh, yeah. yeah. I know what happens. <laughs> Sounds good, though. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, what are the characters... Oh gosh! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what characteristics so far, like out of those games that you guys have liked the writing in, like what makes them likable? Final Fantasy is just mm-hmm. such; it has such emotion. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a real thing. When mm-hmm. I was playing Final Fantasy X, there were moments where I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. I was, I was literally so moved, and like the way the story develops. Like I don't think there's any story they have for like at the end. You're not. You're left wanting almost, mm-hmm. but in a good way. It's like, my heart just broke, but I'm still content yeah. with the fact that it broke. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, they let characters die, or the player doesn't always win. And um, th- This isn't a spoiler, because Final Fantasy X has been out since, like, I've been born. Mm-hmm. But, like, when Titus, <laughs> when Titus has to leave and go to the far plane and everything, it was just so moving. Mm-hmm. It was really moving. And, yeah. they, and they use so, so much different, like, the songs are in Final Fantasy games are so good too. Mm-hmm. So it's like yes. everything just moves with the story, and it's so nice. It's yeah. so refreshing. It's like a whole little book, but the book is <laughs> so. Well, good. yeah, that's why I think so gaming is like the epitome of storytelling because there's music. Really there's there's a whole. I mean, there's just so many different professions involved in making a good game. Which people don't like think about. Yeah. I know yeah. I did not think yeah. about that yeah. at yeah. all like, until coming yeah. to Mm-hmm. And I think weaving into that storytelling, uh, Final Fantasy does execute well. I'm playing the most controversial of the series right now, number 13. I knew you were going to say number 13. Really? I don't mind number 13. I love 13. I do, too. Which is probably not a popular (laughs) thing. I think it's just beautiful. I enjoy the story. I do, too. And I'm like, it's a little bit different. I Mm -hmm. think it's because, you know, it's not the, the... JRPG and everything else. It's a little bit different, but I'm like, it's still good. The story yeah. is really good, too. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed the they story. do a lot of, and, and like in books, you have like craft decisions. Mm-hmm. The same thing for video games. There are decisions you take to like tell a story well in that right. game. Like the first half of the game, you're playing as a cast of characters who are kind of restricted in the role and they have like one goal and everything's kind of like playing for them right. and they have to meet that ultimatum. It's sort of the plot, you know, that what pushes the characters to yeah. do the thing before another thing happens. And um, the that's sort of reinforced by what they're playing through. Like, the player goes to, like, these strict, restricted, like, right. it's very linear. And you don't have a lot of choices. Yeah, so you, it's one way, and it's just the constant, like, for, I would say, like, 30 hours of the game, 
It's just like you're moving in one direction. And then when this big thing happens in the climax, they go down to this world and it's just open world. Right. It's it's symbolic and thematic with like freedom and like those decisions that, you know, um, I don't know who directed that game. I don't know either. But (laughs) But I feel like maybe that's the difference then because usually, you know, Final Fantasy games are linear until you do reach a certain point where Mm -hmm. it is like an open world and everything, especially for like 10 and 13, you know, the first like, 50 hours of 10 is mm-hmm. just a linear game. And then it's like, okay, well, now that we know how this is going, go ahead and go to all these different worlds <laughs> you wanted to go to beforehand. Like, yeah. you don't have to leave. So yeah. I really like that about Final Fantasy games. I think mm-hmm. Japanese, like, writing period is really, really Very good. good. They yeah. focus on the story a mm-hmm. lot. It, you can tell it takes time, if yeah. that makes sense. I think that's something so. that definitely sets apart, like, certain games versus definitely. others. Like, because there's some games that I've played where, like, they've been kind of addicting, but for, like, a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you could tell there was no background to the characters or the world. Like, it was just, like, mm-hmm. this random person, <laughs> like, nondescript. And I guess, like, well, not all games not need that. Which no. is true. Yeah. But, like... But when it's supposed to be there, I think you can tell... Oh, for sure. And yeah. I think even, mm-hmm. like, having a little something, like... Making the character just a little more than just one dimensional mm-hmm. right. helps you to like be more drawn in yeah. to the story in the world. But I guess it like it depends on what kind of games you're into and like what kind of person you are. But like right. for me, I like games to where like I feel like I'm transported into this world and it's like an escape. And so that that comes across more when the story is more like literally. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. even in games that seem simple, like one of my favorite games is Stardew Valley. Mm. It seems like mm-hmm. a very simple farming simulator where you go, you live in this town, and you're farming. But like the more you you're get farming. into the game, <laughs> the more like you unlock about this town and about yeah. this world. See, and I love that. I love that. You, and it's, it's so, so nice. and, and it keeps you engrossed because you're like, I want to know more. I want to unlock this part of the yeah. world. I want to unlock mm-hmm. this part of the world. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think mm-hmm. like games have a very ability to like yeah. transport you into a world like no other media does. I think it's very underrated. I think one of the things I say is like there's power in lore. Mm-hmm. Like a game that delivers very little and sort of just like feeds you tiny bits and pieces and it makes you crave more information about what's happening, even though it may not relate to like the plot, but like you know, you would want to know like those yeah. things. And I think they deliver and sort of keep the player addicted <laughs> is what <Yeah>. I call <laughs> it. <laughs> like going yeah. along with lore, like one of the biggest I think pieces of lore that has come out in video games recently is Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. Um, I don't really true. think gameplay itself has to be, you know, I mean, it's a regular horror game, you know, there's jump scares and everything, but the lore that has come out, of, I don't even think the video game that started at the first one knew that this was going <laughs> to turn into this, because I mean, mm-hmm. like, there is, like, a bunch of lore around the game, and people, it's still trending on TikTok. People are still, like, do you remember da, 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 da. So I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I remember when the first Five Nights at Freddy's came out, and I was like, okay, this is a nice game. I never expected it for it to become this big, popular mm-hmm. thing. Like, never. But the yeah. lore has so many people like, oh, you know, these yeah. kids died, and now they're stuck in animatronics. Like, they, <laughs> it has people oh like this. Yeah. I mean, it just shows that, like, taking the time, whether it's, like, just a simple detail or whatever, to, like, fully make your world and your game and your characters a little more captivating like in your writing like can do so much more if you want your game to yeah. be a little more impactful and like last longer than just like a, oh one quick play and yeah. you know it's whatever for sure i agree yeah. um so what are some game writing that we did not like Ooh. i mean i really think it just depends i 
you know, I think game writing can lack in some aspects, but I think it's because of, like, time constraints. Again, like you were saying, it's mm-hmm. more, there's world building. Some of the best video game writing comes from games that are supposed to last, like, thousands of hours, if that makes sense. Mm. Because there's not a set time for you to be like, you know, I don't have to go to this mountain, which means I don't have to do this quest. That means I don't have to do this final boss battle, you know, with this <laughs> great thing. When it is, like, a linear thing and, you know, you can really only spend, like, ten hours playing it, it is kind of like, you know. Mm. But like I feel like those are the games that are, like, franchises as well. Um like, I think Resident Evil, they don't have bad writing, but the story sometimes is, like, you know, three hours or four hours mm-hmm. of gameplay and everything. But it's, like, a bunch of different Resident Evils that go along with that whole story and plot and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just depends when games are, like, super small and there's, like, you know there's absolutely going to be, like, no sequel, prequel, nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of a little bit disappointing if that right. makes sense. I think that's the biggest thing that comes to mind when I think about bad game writing it's like not even bad it's just like there isn't like there's, there's not noticeable it, writing not, like i think of yeah. like games that like people were addicted to for a short amount of time but then like no one ever plays again like games like among us like i remember mm. yeah. <laughs> among us praised through the roof i can't tell you a single thing like about the plot of among us it was just like mm-hmm. a fun game to it's play at the moment and then yeah that's, and then move on. Yeah. that's the plot and that's yeah. another thing with games like not all games need like a very in-depth Plot or thing, what we call thing one and thing two in literature or writing. Like, thing one is the thing that you're turning the pages in a book for, and thing two is like everything else happening. And like, games like Among Us, like, the gameplay loop is made to be addictive and just like enjoyable. And that's right. another thing we talk about. Um, Play with friends and all that. Yes, and stuff. it's jump being, I forget, they, they call it um, not playability, but like, reaching demographics who just want to play a game yeah. for an hour and not have to be invested in something. Yeah. There's Which makes sense. there's power yeah. in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is true. Okay, oh no. bad writing. Yeah, it's hard because it's a little less noticeable with games. I feel like. Yeah, it's hard. If you to get too into it, yeah. Because you can be, you know, distracted with all the eye candy and all the mm-hmm. exactly. pretty visuals, and it's just exactly. like. I'm trying to think of like he maybe does the like cartwheels. Those like <laughs> corny dating dating simulators. Oh, uh, like, well, okay. Actually, good. let's get into that. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot I was going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but they also do? know what they're doing, they know though. They what they're doing, yeah. Because, like you said, like, mm-hmm. it is playable, like, addicting, and, like, it's kind of mindless right. sometimes. Right, comes to mind, especially now that you bring it Episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, this <laughs> is the no, thing. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's episode of video game is what we have no. to do. Or is it an interactive story? Because uh, mm. I think it depends. That is true. There's also, they no have gameplay. Episode, episode has become more like Wattpad. Like people, really anybody do. can write on that. So that doesn't mean that everybody's a writer. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so random people in their backyard. Right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I won't mention it. But I, I mean, I, I think <laughs> dating simulators, you know, there's all those like mobile phone sim- game sim- simulators. It's like, you know, you got five boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> you like the best. That's not your romantic adventure. You know, right. I mean, they get the job done, though. They get the job. You, yeah. you look at how many people downloaded those games. They obviously I think are they getting accomplished the job what done. They're Which I feel like writing <laughs> writing is still like a form of art in a way. So like it is going to be subjective. Oh, for sure. And so some art, some writing can be very simple, and like to us it may be like really bad and corny, but that yeah. doesn't mean that it's bad writing. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I true. mean because it's still effective. Like we still played it yeah. for hours. 
It's so. definitely corny, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it, I mean, it did what it needed to do. <laughs> so, all right. Um, subjectivity. Do we have anything else we'd like to talk about with game writing, um, um, especially with our official game writer right now? No. Any, like, it's I don't know. Dreams, it's like dream <laughs> games you'd love to like write or oh, create or anything. anything Square Enix, yes. honestly. Honestly, like that would be. Yeah. Hire me and Isaiah. You have yes. no reason not to. We both know Jay Japanese. Jay is fluent in Japanese. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do Lights. whatever you need us to do. Yeah. Honestly, I've always, and this is probably so crazy to say out loud, but Nintendo as well. I would like to work for them just because Mario is so huge. Mm-hmm. They also did really good world building mm. with Mario. I think that is, like, an important thing to think about because when it comes to game writing, like, at first I was thinking, okay, what games have, like, dialogue or, like, things like that? But that's not even what it is. It's about the world it's building. World building. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's, like, which games had, like, really great world building and stuff yeah. and mm-hmm. not. So. The fact that Mario has gone on for this long and <laughs> there's somehow always a new plot. Princess yeah. Peach is still getting taken by Bowser, <laughs> but, uh... I am not a fan of Nintendo. Oh. Oh. As a company, uh, as oh, a company. Uh, I, yeah. I love Nintendo all oh, yeah. day, their, okay. their products, but that's one of the things we dissected in um, Game Ministries you back when Kemp really was teaching it. Yeah, yeah. we you talked about. Really careful. Well, I hear even working for them now is very like, I've heard some things that were not good. Yeah. But as a company, they're very greedy, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and their, their company philosophy, like corporate wise, is literally lateral thinking with withered technology. And that literally means, you know, let's give fans not what they deserve, but what, they're, what they've been paying for. And you see that a lot with, like, recent releases like Scarlet and Violet Pokemon. Like, those mm-hmm. games, all those issues. Like, that philosophy is coming back to bite them in the ass a little yeah. bit. Um, but they're just <laughs> incredibly greedy. They started out as a toy company. They did. Oh, yeah. They did. A lot of people don't know that, yeah. Yeah, and they're, I think they're a business forefront, you know. Know, first. Yeah. Well, Nintendo, get better ethics and then hire and then hire them too and pay them yeah. a lot of money. Yes. Because the world building is, hire them is too. Yes. It's, it's definitely like something you can like recognize Social easily building. and like oh for sure. They have a very uh, good brand. Like I can tell in Nintendo games like Square Enix thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, Nintendo made that pizza, game. Pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed, yeah. yeah. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so now we're going to move into some film and TV writing. Um, we've got oh Shia, no. who's a screenwriter here. Uh, you saying that um, is so weird, too, because I'm like, I'm literally uh. no one. You're, you're a screenwriter. I've written a few scripts as well, but it's I have found that I do not like screenwriting that much. Ooh. I like writing like fiction and poetry and things mm. more, yeah. so because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about some screenwriting. Um, what are some some things you like about screenwriting? Like screenwriting, what are some genres, you know, whatever? Screenwriting is interesting because um, unlike, like, game writing and, like, novel writing, you have to be very unspecific a lot of the time mm-hmm. because you have, you know, your director and your DP and all that who are going to add in their sense about how it should look like. So if you are super specific about, oh, this scene should look like this and this and this and that, director's going to be like, no, it does not. <laughs> and, be like, and move on. So, like, screenwriting is, like, kind of giving them the building blocks to go off of, being like, okay, this is, in general, how I want the scene to progress and how I want the story to progress and how I want these characters to feel. And then leaving that and being able to trust your team and to give them that interpretation and like let them go with that 
um, I think it was a very interesting journey, especially for someone like me who's like a big control freak, like being able to just like give up one of my scripts and be like, okay, mm. you, you, you can do it, you can do it. Um, it's super interesting. That's why yeah. so many people like direct and write at yes. the same time. Very and I so. think that's one thing that I love so much about like fiction, like writing novels and things is like you have like complete creative yeah. control over the mm-hmm. world, right. the characters, everything. Yep. And like, it's just, know, it's different. But screenwriting, screenwriting is fun though because even though you you do kind of have to let it go a lot of times, like you get to see them build so much upon yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. you can literally start with just like interior, living room, like whatever. And then like you have a huge team of people who are bringing this to life in like such intricate, like yep. detailed ways from like the set design to the lighting and everything. And so it's just really cool. I think that's what I, one of the things I love about it so much is being able to see how people take your words and what that and make it what it means to them. Like, mm-hmm. I think everyone's so smart, and I love having people like put their ideas into like what what is like essentially your baby and mm-hmm. kind of raising it and see what it turned out to be. I think is really special. Like seeing what it what you thought it was going to be originally and then what it turns out to be like after it's gone through everything is um, really cool journey. Yeah. yeah I love screenwriting. <laughs> I think one thing that people probably don't notice, like people who aren't into film and things or don't know about screenwriting, um, it can be kind of quick and easy to judge movies and TVs that have bad writing. But if you sit down and try to write <laughs> a film or an episode, <laughs> it is so difficult mm-hmm. because yeah. you literally like, you're building a world, of course, mm-hmm. but then you're also like doing the things of like a novel where you're like having a progression of the story and the arc and everything, and then you have to think like, I don't know, just practically in a way because it obviously people are gonna have to bring this to life visually, and then to keep it like captivating is just I don't know, it's so hard. It's hard, yeah. And I hate writing dialogue, and I know there's a lot of like silent films, of course. There's a lot you can do without saying anything. But for a lot of films, like, there is a lot of dialogue, and I hate writing dialogue. Really? And that was something that I, yeah. stumped me up a lot. I think you have to, for any type of writing, but especially screenwriting, you have to have, like, a strong mind's eye. Like, you have to be able to visualize what, what these characters sound like, what the scene looks like. Wh- like, you have to really make them real in your head in order for it to come off as authentic when you write. So mm-hmm. if you're, like you struggle with like kind of like a lot of times when I get like writing's block or whatever and I can't think of like how to progress the story I'll like draw it I'll draw it out the scene mm-hmm. and so like I can visualize like what's what I want to happen and how mm-hmm. I want things to move forward like visualization is so important with that's like good writing. that yeah. is good tip for you writers out there I think like <laughs> <laughs> that just shows how like I think why I stopped liking screenwriting and right I realized like it's not really my strong suit in writing because I always was someone who like wrote too much of the fluff and the details. Like I love the details, like the small details in writing. And you can't do that in film. Oh, that's very much book writing. <laughs> that's yeah. what like the visual part is for. That's what the technical mm-hmm. part is for, mm-hmm. not the writing. That's and true. so I was like, dang, that's my main that's what I love to do in writing. And you can't do that. Wow. And so it definitely does take someone who is able to like think practically while also still having the creative side of writing, I guess. Um but what's some of our like favorite instances of like film or TV writing? Mm. There's probably so many examples, right? There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Something I wish I wrote was Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. If you guys have not seen it, it is literally the most heartbreaking with, um, film I've ever seen. Ben Affleck, right? 
his brother, Casey Affleck. It is so sad, but it's such like a real, like authentic story. Like I wish I wrote that. <laughs> um, a big like inspiration for me in my writing, and maybe this is like I'm about to shoot myself in the foot. Uh-oh. But um, Amy Sherman Palladino, she wrote Gilmore Girls um, and Gilmore the Marvel Mrs. Maisel, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is so good at dialogue with like quick, witty, and like just yeah, she is big yeah. blocks of dialogue. It's so impressive, and to see like these actors get through it, and like she's so incredibly smart, and I like I love her comedic writing so much, and I. Most of my writing is comedy centered, so like I am, a, she's a big inspiration for me. Amy, come on the show. <laughs> See, <and laughs> comedy writing comedy is hard. It's it hard. Is. It yes. is so hard. It's like you can be funny in real life, and it, it will it, it cannot translate <laughs> in. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so, and this is gonna sound so stupid. A show that has really good comedic timing, and maybe it's just because of the actors too. But Wizards of Waverly Place, <laughs> like yeah. Alex, she used to be. Selena yeah. Gomez. I, I don't know Selena if it's just Gomez. her. Yeah. <laughs> she used to be on it. She used to be saying that quick witty stuff. I, yeah, you do, I mean, you do have to deliver those lines. Like, you do. But I think they're also easy to deliver at the same time. Like you see some shows and they're like, why did they do this to like the actors? You, you <laughs> yeah. make this hard to the write it. Yeah. I feel like one of the like good instances of this, like Riverdale, I don't think any of the actors in there are bad. But sometimes but the, writing the lines makes it are difficult. like, I don't talk oh my gosh, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, we want to talk about the well, writing we did not CW like. And everything. What? We had that conversation well, with the But CW. I like the flash writing. I like the, fl- I the like flash, the flash writing. writing. And the, a it's a hard to say for like, when it comes to TV, because there's usually a lot of different writers for certain right. episodes That's and true. things. And That's so true. it's like a team. But that one freaking line in Riverdale, when he's like <laughs> talking about football, or, you know <laughs> what I'm talking we about? We all know. He's yeah. like the, the highs and lows. <laughs> of high school football. The highs and lows of high school football. I, like, I what? don't know what that, I don't know what Riverdale was supposed to be. I, I really don't. And especially like I just took a class about writing for the series. And like mm-hmm. you can very much tell when the writers have a plan for the season or like the, the series, like they know how each episode is going to go. They have, like, a direction that they're going. And you can tell when they're just, like, episode after episode. Yeah. Just doing what they want. Up. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. I swear to God, they come in every week and, like, draw some words out of a hat and be like, okay, this is what we're going to write this week. Vampires. Turn into, like, power. a apocalypse thing. Literally, I watched the Witches. finale. Yeah. There's, like, what? superpowers, aliens. like Zombies, yeah. <laughs> some Oh. Is there, I, I don't know why I thought I heard there were zombies. A lot of but. nonsense. It <laughs> probably is. Okay, it when, probably it, is. when we think about this, though, like, does it kind of relate to what Isaiah was saying earlier with, like, the, not the playability because it's a show, right. but, like, catering to an audience? We and are still talking about Riverdale after all these years. That's so, true. obviously, um. they're doing something right. Granted, well, I'm not know. watching. Okay, <laughs> this is the thing. I'm not saying they're doing it right and then that, like, the writing and the plot is, like, flowing well like it should. But they know how to impact, I guess, impact yeah. an audience in a way that is keeping people interested in at least some aspect. Whether mm-hmm. you're interested in it as in, like, oh, the show is good. Or I know a lot of people that watch it because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like, and that's what I was gonna say, there's at least some element to it. Is it know? good to be bad is the question, though. And, some I- and sometimes it is. I mean, yeah. Sometimes it is. Reality TV? Well, I mean, that's, that's not. But I think even some of that is scripted. <laughs> some of it is scripted. Okay, <laughs> some of it is scripted. A little, a little scripted. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like also with Riverdale, it's like you look at the cast too. Like people fell in love with the cast, which is like another thing. Like with writing, is so important. Like you know, you grab lovable people and 
give them lines, but still, like I said, there's some lines in Riverdale that are so stiff. <laughs> yeah. So well, but I, I think mean, like why did I do want to talk about the actors though because for screenwriters like a lot of the times you don't have any say in that and so right. you can write characters who are three dimensional and wonderful but then the actors might not portray that or like you know yeah and that's one of the struggles with screenwriting is you don't you don't have a lot of control over the process of the film actually getting made um so you can hope and pray that you portray the characters good enough so mm-hmm. like the casting directors and all that understand the essence of the character and mm-hmm. like can cast appropriately but if also it like speaks to your skills of the writer like if you're not giving your characters enough depth and to enough work with, like to yeah. work with then like they're gonna have to go off of like surface level stuff that like, is true mm. yeah. um so it's really about you making sure that you portray as much as you can about these characters that you think is important and necessary to be in the story and then letting it go from there um but yeah the characters of Riverdale, i don't know i think and Riverdale's an adaptation, which I think gets into an interesting thing too, of when you're taking characters who are already established in like the comic, comic, comic and like mm. twisting them to like fit your your Show narrative yeah. is interesting because I read the original <laughs> Riverdale comics and completely they're different. very different. Like right. completely like different. they just took the names and like <laughs> Honestly <laughs> Honestly, like that's it. That's it. I mean, I guess mm. the thing is that when it comes to screenwriting, like you can have what you want in mind, but at the end of the day, like, there's so many other factors in it that, like, it's kind of hard. It's because hard. if you're not directing it and producing it, like, you're kind of out of creative control, yeah. you know? And so, and a lot of it is, like, to make money and different things. So, it's kind of hard. I don't know. Jordan Peele. Right. <laughs> Very good example. <laughs> why you write his He wrote Get Out, out. yeah. Well, that's I why, I mean, that's why you find out. a lot of people who write and direct, yeah. like, which I think should be the norm. I feel like because there's yeah. like an element of cohesion there. Like you were saying, like having as a screenwriter, like you know some things are not going to happen. Like right. you have to be flexible going in that mm-hmm. some things might not be like delivered. Um, but I feel like if you're writing and producing or directing like a film or something like that's cohesive in of itself right. because you, you have carry more that vision. Yeah. At the very least, you have to have a good relationship with your director. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's communication going back and forth about, like, your guys' vision and hopefully some... Because I know there's plenty of movies where it's like, this director left this project because of creative differences and this yeah. and this. And this. <laughs> like, that happens all the time. So, like, having a good relationship with the people on set so you can be like, actually... Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do not do that. I have to ask you, and yeah. this is probably the most deadest question in cinema history, <laughs> but like the whole Marvel and how they handled their writing, and you know, people all of a sudden in all Marvel's booty, mm-hmm. talking about, <laughs> you destroyed cinema, you destroyed <laughs> cinema, nobody's going hate to see people, I the hate mid- people say that. I like, it's no one's shit. going to see the mid-movies anymore, <laughs> they used to go straight to DVD. Right. I, I mean, I feel like that's a bunch of different reasons why, like, you know, streaming services have also killed what cinema used right. to be. Mm-hmm. But, like, putting it completely on, it on Marvel is, is, crazy. is ridiculous. <laughs> like, obviously, cinema's not the same as it was 10 years ago. That's because things change and media's mm-hmm. change. And, like, it's not going to be the same in 10 years from now. Like, things are constantly evolving. And to, like, say that it's Marvel's fault is weird because I think Marvel's one of the main things that the theaters at this point like mm-hmm. um, honestly and whether you like that or not it's the reality like 
maybe tickets are like fifteen, twenty dollars nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be spending Which, that much yeah. to go ski a movie you don't think is gonna be right. Good, but especially. a movie that you don't like really care yeah. about, and it, especially it's gonna be on streaming like a couple weeks Three later. Weeks after but I, <laughs> I do think it is interesting though because I feel like we're having like less and less of like blockbuster, like big, high grossing movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that we're not having those like huge it really is just it's Marvel a lot more of point well that yeah but then the rest are a lot of like indie and like That's things true. that are you know there's not a lot of in between anymore yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and i i get that i think covid had a lot to do with that as well probably um because a lot of like studios change their release tr- like uh strategies they're like okay we'll throw it in theaters for three weeks and then just put it on a streaming platform right to disney like Plus. i know um Glass Onion, the like Mars Out sequel, was in oh. theaters for like two weeks, but it's gonna be on Netflix in like a two yeah. weeks from now. So I like, didn't I'll even know that it was gonna be in theaters. I was like, oh Netflix, I'll wait till it comes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, wow. um, yeah, and I think studios like changing that strategy hit the box office hard. Like people it just it does kind of suck though, cause like there's nothing like watching a movie like there's in the theater. Sure yeah. Like it, exactly. it was built to be seen. Yeah, you're basically like paying those. for that experience now, yeah. just like sitting. Um, So yeah, writing, screenwriting is fun but difficult as we kind of talked about. And so our last like genre we're gonna go into. Someone hire me, sorry. (laughs) 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 Did you like the movie in the new? uh, The writing in the new Black Panther movie. What did you think about the dialogue? That's a good question. The hold your ears. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it. Never mind. I haven't seen it either. I'll say say this. Uh, No spoilers. The writing in the places where it's strong is super strong. It's brilliant writing. Like, it's very good. But the writing where it's, like, you can tell it was for Marvel's world building and all Mm. that stuff. Uh, I won't get into specifics of what that is, but it's, like, not attached to the Mm -hmm. main story. I think could have been cut completely. Like, Mm. I didn't intend it to be there. At least that happens with Marvel movies, though. I was going to say, that happens a lot with Marvel movies, and I think it also happens a lot with just, like, franchises in general. You have to. Because whoever's writing that, like, singular film, like, of course they want to be true to that story, but they have to still be connected to to the other ones that are coming, so Mm -hmm. you're going to limit it a little bit. And that's Mm -hmm. tough with Marvel, is that it's hard to tell a contained story of, like, this one thing that happens. And I think Black Panther tried to do that, and they did for the most part. Um, But, of course, being a part of this larger universe, like, oh, how is this going to tie into the next movie? And the one that did that. Which I think is a weak point of Marvel's writing, is they're, like, they need to have everything connect. And I think that's what fans expect of them at this point, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it won't end. Yeah. (laughs) That's my two cents. So I want to kind of segue into writing, like, for books and things. Um, because of course that was like our earliest form of writing and yeah. it, it kind of birthed to these other writing forms. Um, and I kind of want to segue into that through talking about genres and like when it comes to games and when it comes to films and then for novels, like what do you guys think is the hardest genre to write for and what genre do you guys like writing for the most? I would say fantasy. Because yeah. fantasy goes along with that whole world. I mean, yeah. think of any fantasy book you know, there's world building. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you know, it might start off with, like, the Pyragons and the Buddha Dukes and the <laughs> fight, and you're like, what is this? What is going like, on? They, they do start the, the books off without explaining much, but as you keep going and going and going, mm-hmm. you know, it's world, and it really is, you know, usually in romance books, you know, they in New York. 
go to that cafe shop. That is shop. the thing. That's what's it's most nice fun, I think, me. about writing other genres, like, when it comes to novels and stuff. Like, I love writing stories where I get to build the world, especially yeah. if it's things that, like, aren't real, because when it comes to those, like, New York or whatever, like, you got to know, like, street names. you got to know all these <laughs> historical things. And some people like doing the research yeah. for that, but I don't sometimes. <laughs> So it's really fun to get to like create yeah. the world yeah. from yeah. the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite of that. Really? I I I like to work in reality when I write. I like mm. to have something to go off of. Be having to like I think fantasy is so difficult to write for it. It, def- it is so hard. It is very I'm hard. I'm so impressed by people who can do it well because I'm like you are essentially playing God. Like you're mm-hmm. writing this world you create from scratch mm-hmm. and like everything about it. I think that it's. It's a lot of work and it's fun, but I I don't know if it's my strong suit necessarily. Mm. I prefer to go on Google. <laughs> what is this called? <laughs> <laughs> what are these New streets? York yeah. street names? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it all adheres to like that one rule in writing is wi- write what you know. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. when you're using your imagination so much in like fantasy or any fantastical mythical thing, like you're pulling things out of your head and yeah, that. Yeah. Is definitely just like pure imagination. Then when you get to plot holes, being like, "Wait, did I have it?" Like, (laughs) Like, like, does this make sense in the universe? Right. (laughs) Was his birthday on the thirteenth? But you have so much liberty. Like sometimes I found myself like creating random facts about the universe because like you can't. That would fix the plot hole or something. You know. (laughs) There's like no rules to it, which is why it's so like free. I think that's why people love fantasy so much. For sure. I I. Kind of gotten to marry those two things in my most recent project. This is a secret because maybe <laughs> maybe it'll get produced. <laughs> I don't know. But like, it takes place in both like the real world, but there's also a lot of fantastical elements that mm. are like not. So being able to marry those two things has been really fun for me because um, I get to be creative, but I also like get to have some limitations. I love a good limitation. Give mm. me some. Yeah, give me yeah. Some. I do mm-hmm. like that. That yeah, is really. cool. Which, the cool thing about that, like, which we've kind of seen in, like, a lot of superhero things where it's, like, a mix of the both, mm-hmm. yeah. like, there's relatable aspects, like, they go to school, like, Spider-Man goes to school, yeah. he's mm-hmm. in New York, but then there's also that, like, ah, oh, like, what if the world was like this, you know, so right. it's kind of cool. Yeah. But I, I love a good, reading a good fantasy story, like, one of my favorite book series, uh, Percy Jackson, mm. God, the show's got, of course. I, I was obsessed <laughs> with Percy Jackson, like, right. that story had me by the wrote in middle school. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pro. Honestly, honestly. Uh, and it did that same thing where it's like, he's in New York, like it's a real place, but we're also dealing with Greek mythology mm-hmm. and like, yeah. yeah, having these weird, crazy fantastical elements, but like he's a regular middle schooler. So I'm like, yeah. fine and go. Yeah. I think, like I said, like I'm, my strong point in writing is a lot of the like fluff and the extra details. Mm-hmm. So um, I eventually want to be able to write more fantasy. Fantasy is really hard right now, like you said. Like I've kind of been struggling with that. But I think the thing that I find I like the most about writing is being able to express yourself, and whether that's in game writing or screenwriting or in novels, and getting to like share experiences that you've had, even if you're like tailoring them to like the character in a way, you know. And so I'll take like emotions that I have trouble like dealing with, and I'll like incorporate it into my writing somehow. And it's, like, such a, like, relief. Mm. And so I found that that's something that I love the most about writing, especially, like, in fiction. You kind of get to do that a lot. Um, and then also with screenwriting, like, if I'm writing a character, I'll, like, kind of hide some, like, details in her. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's literally me, but, like, no one will know that, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, write what you know. Right. <laughs> what, what genre do you tend to, like, writing the most, though, like, in screenwriting? Um, 
I'd say fiction, just like regular fiction. I, w- I don't know about genre, like as in romance or whatever. Like mm. it's literally just like fiction in general. Cause I thought you were going to say romance. <laughs> no, okay. Let me read. I love right. reading romance, but not writing it because yeah. it's, it's, it's kind so of awkward. I love writing a steamy it's so sex scene. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> like, I like to pull from what I know. <laughs> and from most of what I know, I know a lot. is writing. Is writing. Stop. It's writing about um, young women mm. who are just going through it. Yeah. Who, like, Ooh, are making their way, you know? And so a lot of that is, like, I said, I'll, t- I'll talk about, like, emotions that I've had. And I feel like I just, like, feel a lot of things, like, really deeply. Mm. And so I, like, I'll just write about that. I'll, like, write about the way that, like, certain things make me feel and then, like, kind of incorporate that into a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I don't. And then poetry is fun, too. Oh, poetry's a completely different beast. I love it. I don't understand how your brain works. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about poetry is, like, you're allowed to be, like, pretentious and, like, all. Storm outside, cloud at night. Yeah. Poetic. I love it because (laughs) my thoughts are, like, poetic sometimes. You know, it's, like, when I see certain things. And so, like, you're allowed to do that. Because sometimes when you're writing, like, (coughs) you know, novels, books, whatever, like when you get too poetic, it like sounds arrogant or like yeah. you're doing too much. Or like yeah. your audience can get kind of lost in that. Like mm. it gets kind of muddy. But mm-hmm. when you're doing poetry, like they know, you know what you're getting. Like you know you're getting that like poetic like. Right. You know. And so I love it. I just love writing poetry. Give me a snap. So um, I guess do we want to end it off with our like favorite. Are some of our favorite pieces of writing, whether that is in film, favorite. game, books, music, whatever. Um, mm. You start. I gotta think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was about to say, yeah, I gotta think a little bit. This is us, the show. Mm. The writing in that it feels so authentic, like almost more than like anything else I've ever watched. Um, so I, I love that. I love the writing for that. Um, books. This year I read this book called The Electric Kingdom, and it was this like dystopian like apocalypse book but like it was very unique because i know we kind of got tired of the whole dystopian like mm. after middle yeah. school you know yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it took a it kind of combined like time like time travel and stuff plus the apocalyptic thing okay. and the writing was just very like i just felt really really attached to the characters and like i was in the world so i loved that um and then writing i love for songwriting i also love songwriting and mm. I'd say Taylor Swift. I love her. I mean, she is very talented in writing her work. Also, Lizzie McAlpine. You guys ever heard of her? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a Lizzie McAlpine <laughs> shirt today. <laughs> 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 um, both of them just, like, I feel like write about their, like, experiences and just, mm. like, share it. And so that's something I love to do. So. Okay. Yeah. Snaps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah? Um, you know, I th- I think I talked about the book I was reading this year, uh, The Alchemist. I still need to read that. Yeah, that's a uh, great book. That one, I mean, I still need to finish it. It's just doing everything else, but right. <laughs> it's just a great story about um, like the universe is on your side and everything you want, the universe forces that, mm-hmm. and like um, your future is already written. Like there's this Arabic saying "muktab," which means it is already written. Um, it's just about like they call it your personal legend. Um, it's just all about following your personal legend. It's just very inspiring. Um, 
So that's that's what I'm consuming now. And as a sucker for like old English, you know, <laughs> classic. I, yeah, like you know, I I just picked up another copy, or my friend picked up a copy of Pride and Prejudice for me. Mm. That's one of my one of my favorites. Um, but it's like this really cute like comic book. He got it in England. I was like, oh, that's really cute. Mm. Um, so I'm reading that next, rereading. Um, but as far as video games, I think Final Fantasy has that been a franchise yeah. that set set itself apart. Um, in terms of just like delivery, you know, just those emotions, those. You you remember you remember uh, Final you Fantasy do. game like you remember you and that's that's the question of like what is good writing is it monetary is it you know impactful it's just kind of like what do you want I want to write to leave an impact on people and yeah. like that's something I think Final Fantasy in all almost all of their games has done very well so okay okay uh, well <laughs> um well I forgot to talk about Stray earlier I haven't for books i haven't read a book since high school <laughs> um but no um a book that i did read in high school though that like i still remember to this day is very good it's called the glass castle um mm. it's a memoir by Jeanette oh my goodness yeah Rawls, maybe that's mm-hmm. her name I know what you're talking about. um yeah and it's about her journey through like homelessness as a child oh. it is it's very good i love a metaphor so like Me that, that whole book is basically a giant metaphor and it's very mm. good um for screenwriting i'm gonna take this time to get you guys to watch duel of the phantoms um <laughs> i'm very interested in like writing that's meant for children specifically oh. and how it can be elevated to be enjoyed by everyone like mm-hmm. i think a lot of people think writing for kids has to be very surface level very tame and calm I don't mm. think that's true at all, and I think the show does a very good job about dealing with like grief and anxiety and topics like that that kids are affected by, obviously, but maybe haven't seen portrayed in media up until this point. So the show, Kenny Ortega, come on the show, uh, does a very <laughs> good job <laughs> at like um, displaying that in a way that is palatable for kids, and it's just fun, good, watchable time. It's on Netflix. Watch it. It's only nine episodes. I need oh. to talk about that's it more. Ninety-three percent. <laughs> and the, the music oh my god anyways um <laughs> songwriting look one of my favorite artists is SZA and she's coming out with her finally her sophomore album on Friday I can believe so that I'm so excited SZA makes songs for girls like me she really does <laughs> I love her writing her so much cause album, she she has it. like a Taylor Swift kind of vibe where she like writes what she knows in her experiences yeah. but it, it feels different to me cause it feels a bit more I'm trying to think of the right word that's not like insulting <laughs> I do like Taylor. I guess I like Taylor, um, but more raw writing, maybe? yeah, it's a bit more vulnerable. I think it's mm. more like personal and like y'all been listening like to the wrong Taylor Swift songs because yes. there are some very vulnerable Taylor Swift like, songs. Like, <laughs> not, that's she got ready. That's a about Taylor Swift. I love Taylor. I love Taylor too, though. Yeah, I, can, I know what you're saying. Yeah, her writing, I just love it so much, and especially Control. It's a great like people like a great coming of age album. If you're in your early twenties, listen to Control. It'll you it'll hit you where you live. Um, it's so good. So love SZA. Noted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Do I read the question? <laughs> um, like you said. <laughs> like you said, Final Fantasy. I I really I'll I will sit and watch somebody play a Final Fantasy mm-hmm. game, which I don't do too often. Mm-hmm. But the story is enough to I'll sit there while they play the whole game, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, I might need to see. You might need to stream thirteen for me. Oh I god! Have a chance to play it, yeah. On the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> is that possible? I, I don't. 
we'll make it. We'll yeah. make it possible. I'll use my phone. <laughs> it just FaceTime me, right? Right. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy is just so good. I music wise, mm. do I listen to music? <laughs> It's like I've never consumed media. Like don't ever. don't do that. We didn't even yeah. talk about. We wanted to have a whole episode on anime, but like mm. anime in it within itself. Oh yeah, has some really good writing. Yeah, that's that's um, what me and I bet. Yeah, Japanese writing is like a whole like thing within. Even like Japanese like dramas and shows. I don't know if you've seen Alice in Borderland, but like heard of oh, I've heard yeah, of that. it's mm. really the writing is really really good. Mm-hmm. There's some really good animated writing. For Studio. Sure. Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli writing. Very good. Chef's kiss. Yeah. When Marnie was there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any animation writers here, but I think like writing for animation is a different like type of screenwriting Mm. than like live action in its own type of. And there's so many great like animated stories out there, and I hate that it's like a genre that is kids centered. It's really not. It's really not. I love animation. Animation's so good. Okay, we need to have an animation episode. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so. Also, sorry, real quick. (laughs) Shout out to K-dramas because it is some of the most like heightens over the top writing that really just hits you into your lips. Very captivating. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. Watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay on Netflix. Uh, It's mm. so good. Every episode I cried. Every single one. Um, I'm going to put that in my notes. Yeah, it's brilliant. (laughs) Watch it. um, And the lead is very Okay. Uh, anyways, all right. So, do you have any more um, things um, you like writing wise? No, I mean, yeah, no. I didn't come well prepared for this episode. No, it was we didn't really prepare for this one. We did. Don't tell the people that. <laughs> we are unqualified. We don't what prepare. Did we say? It's unqualified. We told y'all what y'all were getting into first episode. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, qualified to an extent. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, Isaiah, for being on thank here. You. Yeah, of course. We wish you all yeah. the best. We know that you're going to be winning awards for your writing. Yeah. Oh, writing. I hope so. so. Please put us in your um, acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.